Welcome to Movies That Rock, a rock and roll journey through cinema. I'm your host, Josh Fitzgerald. And today, returning to the guest co-host chair, is one of my dearest friends, Miss Gigi Todaro. Today, Gigi and I are going to be talking about John Cameron Mitchell's 2001 gender-bending rock opera, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Please be advised that there will be spoilers, so if you have not seen the film yet, you might want to go do that first. And trust me, you won't be disappointed that you did. So without any further ado, here's Gigi. Thanks for coming out and joining me again today. Yeah, no problem. This is fun. So we're going to be talking about a movie that's very near and dear to your heart. 2001's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And this is my first time seeing it, so I'm really excited to have a conversation about it. What was your first experience with watching this movie? Like, where did you hear about it? And how did you come across it? Because we were like teenagers when it first came out. <laughs> um, so back in the days of MySpace... There was this girl I was talking to. Um, she was super, super queer and really cool. And she suggested this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up just like buying it off of eBay because you couldn't <laughs> buy it in stores. Yeah. Like it was really hard to find. Um, even on eBay, I paid a good amount of money for it. And I'm surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just loved it. As soon as I saw it, I loved most of the music. I loved the storyline and i didn't realize until i started looking into doing this because i've always wanted to see this movie and i figured yeah. this would be a good excuse for me to finally see it i didn't know that it was a stage musical first about three years before they made it into a movie in the 90s right yeah it was like an off-broadway kind of like a cult show in the late 90s with john cameron mitchell yeah he, the same he guy the, the director and he was also the star the star and, and he wrote the script yeah i yeah. think that's part of the reason why it turned out so well is that, you know, you have the person who, who had the vision, you know, create it, star in it, and mm-hmm. direct it. And for some reason, those movies always turn out really well when the director is also the writer. I totally agree. He just embodies Hedwig in such a deep level yes. that it's almost like I would have a really hard time going to see the, like the touring production with somebody else in that role. For Hedwig and the Angry Inch, John Cameron Mitchell is Hedwig. A would you call him transgender or maybe gender queer? I was thinking about this when I was watching it. I'm not sure that Hedwig would fully identify with the trans. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with you because yeah. it wasn't so much an expression of gender as much as it was more of a convenience. It was definitely, in a sense, a fuck you to gender. Mm-hmm. I would say that because even before the character transitioned, they were very feminine he was definitely playing with gender roles and gender expression in different ways that was not necessarily traditionally transgender yes so uh, um, john cameron mitchell is hedwig who is a genderqueer rock singer songwriter from east berlin who's navigating their new and complicated life in the united states after a botched sex change surgery and an abandoned marriage with an american sergeant hedwig is on tour with their band the angry inch um, which includes lead guitarist and on again off again significant other yitzhak Played by Miriam Shore. I, okay, so the first time I saw, what's the character's name? It's y- y- Yitzhak. 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 The first time I saw Yitzhak, I had no idea that the character was played <laughs> by a cisgender woman. Me until neither. It the was end. <laughs> and I was like, what? And like, then <laughs> after you go back and watch it, you're like, oh my God, because you yeah. notice the range that yep. the character sings in and yes. everything else. And then you're like, oh, okay. But the first time you watch it, there's you, a couple real yeah. subtle references to the to her gender identity. A third of the way in, I don't remember what song it was, but there's one song where she, Wee! 
hey, you know, like she lets yeah. out a scream, like, whoa, that's a woman and it's awesome yeah she's one of the best characters in the sh- in the movie they go on tour and the tour culminates with a meeting of Hedwig's former lover and quasi alter ego Tommy Gnosis who was played by Michael Pitt um, who not only stole their heart but also stole many of their best songs so we follow Hedwig through their journey of cultural identity sexual identity insecurity loss acceptance and personal redemption over some shredding rock punk and metal songs by Stephen Trask I want to unpack that a little bit because mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack in there this is. film this is my first time seeing the film and I'd heard a lot about it over the years, and I was kind of unprepared for how deep it is and how many layers of meaning yes. there are. It's funny, and it's moving, and it's it's cryptic. And it's kind of a piece of art that still feels a little bit ahead of its time. The cinematography and the direction is really creative and really effective, and the pacing really just never lets you go. I never stopped being in- involved in watching it. The pacing is really quick. It goes between then and now, and it does it so flawlessly, too. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you kind of have to put the pieces together. And I love movies where you have to connect the dots. I think this movie really hit me hard because I've just been kind of like a vulnerable place lately. Like I've had Mm -hmm. some things go on. You've been kind of my sounding board for a lot of that. So thank you for that. I was at a point where I was questioning a lot of like my expectations about what the world was offering me romantically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. spiritually and all that. And Hedwig's complicated story, I cut right through all that pain I was feeling. And seeing Hedwig be able to transform their pain into empowerment really helped me understand my own heartbreak and kind of work through it and heal it a little bit. While there are similarities among different dating cultures, I would say that straight dating and queer dating have, they start the same, but then they veer off Mm -hmm. into very different sectors. Um, Being someone who's pansexual, I've gone on, you know, quote unquote, straight dates and very gay dates. Mm -hmm. and And the expectations are so different. Exactly. And that can be really troublesome for those that either aren't out which happens sometimes within the queer community dating someone who isn't out but is Mm. super queer Mm -hmm. and it really puts a strain on relationships it's difficult it is difficult it's a lot to process and it's a lot to manage part of the magic of of this movie for me was how it raised a lot of questions as to how do we live with with who we are against what the world is expecting from us and vice versa how do we give back to the world when expectations may not always be what we are able to to present or or what we are willing to present starting when hedwig was in east berlin as a child as as when they had to um stick their head in the oven that was the most (laughs) upsetting so let's outline that scene in in case people have not seen the movie (laughs) Oh, I felt so sad. You're getting getting misty items. (laughs) It was so sad. So Hedwig was a small child, like five, six. They were dancing and singing. They had some kind of like boa. It was um, pretty flamboyant. Yeah. Yeah, Some rock from the U.S. And then the mom said that you have to play in the oven. So the kid just like had a radio in the oven And they would just shove their head in the oven. And play the music. Yeah, yeah. and that's all they had to console them for their mm-hmm. entire childhood was all these, like, rock giants um, from the U.S., like David Bowie. Drops, yeah, he name-drops Bowie. Um, yeah. uh, Iggy Reed. Pop. Lou Reed. Yeah, right? he even, yeah. I think he quotes some of uh, Walk in the Wild Side. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I thought it was real poignant when he was in the oven, but he was, as a grown-up, yes. i they... I'm sorry. It's okay. A lot of this movie is very much an inner monologue. Now, interestingly, the play, I think I could be wrong, but I think it was just a one person show. 
Oh, really? Listeners, you can go and check this out and let me know if I'm wrong. But I, I think... Tell him he's wrong. Right, because I know Tommy Gnosis was not a separate character in the play. And I think most of the show was just... Hedwig telling these stories to the audience. It gets into some interesting themes about immigration. How does Hansel fall in love with the sergeant again? I can't remember. So basically what happened is the character is outside sunbathing naked. The character of Hansel? Yeah. Okay. The sergeant comes over and at first assumes um, they are a cisgender female and they like turn around and they see genitals that are different from what they would normally, I guess, expect. Then they're like, they offer them gummy bears. And so, yeah, it so was this... a really weird like thing that yeah. was like. So the character is Sergeant off-putting. Luther. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Sergeant Luther. This character found Hansel, but after finding out that it was, you know, male biology, I guess you could say, um, he still wanted to stay with Hansel. Yeah. They still fell in love with each other. And so since he was American, he wanted to go back home, obviously. Exactly. Hansel was looking for a way out. Mm -hmm. Because to back it up historically, it was during um, the Berlin Wall. Um, cause so Germany in, was in two, yeah. in two pieces at this point. Obviously, West Germany and East Germany. Hansel, who would obviously later become Hedwig, was on the eastern side, which was the more tumultuous side and the yeah, more very, war-torn side. Yeah, Very tumultuous. Like, it was very strict there. Mm-hmm. So, which is why they had to change the gender to get married here. Yes. Because, you know, homosexuality, you know, they, like... Was greatly frowned upon, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yes. Hansel goes to get this surgery, sex change surgery, and then something happens. Yeah, so they 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 find this person through uh, Hedwig's mother to get the surgery, and um, clearly, I mean, even still now today, um, for gender affirmation surgery, it's very difficult to find a specialist. So obviously, they went to some random doctor, and they they fucked the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. This is all described in the Angry Inch song, yes. which is one of my favorite songs. I it's love it one. so much. Oh I don't know why. I just that one stuck out to me when I was watching that it. The scene words was are so good. good because yep. everyone in the audience was so visually like distraught by the yep. song. And then, oh my god, when the one the one person in the audience yells out the f word, f a g, you know, so on and so forth. I loved how the bass player just yep. on the drop of a hat just. <laughs> Dove into the audience and just started pounding that guy because (laughs) there is nothing I love more than when people get what's coming to them for saying like really fucked up shit. Yeah, and I love how the movie that's that's kind of like how I was saying I love how the movie really showed what Hedwig was up against. Yeah, you know, and with that audience, they were so full of just you know disdain yeah absolutely and the lgbtq community yeah and probably for anything that was unfamiliar to them you know what i mean so the reason it was botched the whole angry inch thing is that he was split in half between his legs Mm -hmm. and then it kind of reformed into a little nub of flesh about an inch long it was neither a penis nor a vagina yeah it was somewhere in the middle yeah a vagina (laughs) it was something they go to America, try to live happily ever after, and then Sergeant Luther finds this dude. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about it is that, like, Hedwig helped the sergeant realize their homosexuality. They're maybe bi or pansexual or mm-hmm. one of the other, like, non 
you know subgroups of yeah sexual subgroups yeah not <laughs> one of those polarized one where you're gay yeah. or straight right you know? and um yeah they left Hedwig for this person and then right afterwards the ultimate amount of like spit in your face the berlin wall went down they mm-hmm. announced it and she was like if i would have just waited like i don't know how much time passed maybe it was like a year maybe it was like a few months i don't really know um but she was super pissed because could have just waited i could have avoided this whole debacle if i yeah. just waited until the wall came down yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's really wonderful i felt so much for that scene mm-hmm. i was like motherfucker do you have any other standout scenes for you yeah, there, there's, there's a bunch. Um, mm. Like the ending is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll, we'll save that, that for later. a little. Yeah, um, I can tell you what songs I really loved. Yeah, so the songs were written by Stephen Trask, whose band was actually the Angry Inch in the movie. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is. Cool. And any of the Tommy Nosis stuff. Oh, we should talk about Tommy Nosis. But any of the Tommy Nosis stuff um, was not sung by Michael Pick, the actor who played Tommy Nosis. It was sung oh. by Stephen Trask. Stephen Trask. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Tommy Gnosis, as I mentioned, is kind of like the villain of the movie. The way the film portrays it is different than how the play portrays it. In the movie, um, Tommy Gnosis was kind of like this young, hip rock star, right? He put some level of fame. Tommy follows them to one of the gigs, um, which yep. was during After they kind of bonded over music because yeah. Tommy was kind of a religious holy roller. Yeah, he he was a holy roller. And yeah, he also loved music, but he was like awful at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Hedwig did this whole, you know, Rock 101 kind of thing yeah. where it was like Jack Black, except not annoying, <laughs> and helped form not only just their taste, their fashion, everything about mm-hmm. it. And basically, Hedwig created Tommy. Yeah. Even gave Tommy his last name. Well, mm-hmm. his his last stage, his stage name. Right. Gnosis. Which, yeah. yeah. Which is Greek for knowledge. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was super cool because it basically was like yeah. um, this beautiful, you know, LGBTQ rock god coming down and being like, I give you your last name. I like I create you yep. basically from the bottom up. Like christened him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that that was the cross yep. that he had on his forehead the mm-hmm. entire movie. Yep. It was. It's beautiful. It, yeah. was, it was beautiful. But then what happens to Tommy? Yeah. This is where it gets a little. It gets a little ambiguous between the play and the movie because in the play, Tommy Gnosis is never a separate character. All the stories about Tommy are described through Hedwig. And so what ends up happening at the end of the of the play when um, when Hedwig kind of goes through that crisis of identity, it ends up being that Tommy's really just like an extension of herself in that way that we'll talk about, like with how the origin of love explains with the duality of each person. That's sort of how Tommy was meant to be shown in the play. And so all those songs that he allegedly stole were really still there. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then in turn, Yitzhak was sort of used by Hedwig in a way. Hedwig get, ends up giving that back to Yitzhak and gives her her moment to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about um, my favorite song, which is The Origin of Love, which yes. I think is this would be a good segue for that. Absolutely. So The Origin of Love is a rock and roll reinterpretation of the of Aristophanes' speech in Plato's Symposium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the original speech that Plato wrote was re- regarded for many years for its absurdity and humor. 
but the song brings out its its pathos. Plato argued that all humans were created with powerful double bodies with four legs and arms. There were three den- three genders that he created. Male, female, and then an androgynous gender. The gods became scared of their power, and in order to get the humans back for their strength, Zeus sent lightning bolts down to slash them in half and separated their two bodies. This led humans to have an innate desire to return to their primal state and search relentlessly for their other half, the person that they would consider to be their partner. The male genders who were separated, those were gay because mm-hmm. they're trying to find their, their, their other male partner. And the women gender, when they were separated, they were the lesbians because they're trying to find their female half. And the androgynous... Um, the androgynous humans that you know when they were conjoined or however you want to call it, they were they were the heterosexuals, and this is why those who feel that they found their other half never want to be separated from them, and that's Plato's whole philosophy way in like 320 BC about the or the quote unquote origin of love and the origin of wanting to find partnership and wanting to find a significant other and and to have that kind of. Um, fulfillment and it's just funny because I mean way back before Jesus was even roaming the earth we were having people promote gay rights (laughs) you know and it's such a rational way of presenting it I think it's such a powerful thing and yeah musically the song is this ace it's so so impactful yeah it was my it's my the favorite song and the whole musical film play merry-go-rounds around this. In the end, it's really interesting to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's the entire point of the movie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> The entire is. point of the yep. movie. It is. Whether Tommy was real or not, or whether it was really just a, a, a figment of Hedwig's imagination, we don't really know for sure. But that's not really the point, because really, they're sharing these songs, they're sharing each other, they're sharing identities in a way, because at the end, when Hedwig sheds her, themselves, himself, herself, yeah. kind of everything, it, 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 it's all accurate, sheds himself of the wig and the dress and brings himself down to like the most basic form. Yeah. And that's when Tommy that side of their personality kind of comes in and I guess almost becomes that unity that Hedwig was been, has been looking for. That's symbolic of that whole song, like you said, and that's exactly and that's yeah. that's putting back what Zeus had separated. One of the things I really liked was Hedwig came to that realization where they aren't their genitalia at all. And that if they want to express themselves in a masculine way, that's fine. If they want to express themselves in a feminine way, that's fine too. I felt like they felt they were forced to take on this feminine role once they went through gender affirmation surgery. And it was very, it was very much a gender role construct sort of thing where Okay, so now I don't have this specific genitalia, so now I should continue to act. Yeah, Hedwig's an interesting metaphor just as a character for the way we construct gender as a society. Exactly, and it puts a lot of stuff into question. Like, so because I'm this way, does this mean I have to act this way? Or Hedwig really allows people that are gender queer or you know any of any of the the transgender spectrum to mm-hmm. really like i don't know it's like freeing in a way it like yeah it's okay to be any whatever. side of the yeah anywhere you fall in that entire continuum is okay exactly and you shouldn't be expected to conform. fall conform and to yeah. fall into that one slot that is supposedly 
meant for you. Yeah, because because the only person who knows is you. Exactly, and gender is a spectrum too. Mm -hmm. That's why there's um, non-binary people where they they change gender fluid. Yeah, gender fluid. That's the one I was looking for. (laughs) Where they change pronouns and Mm -hmm. looks of you know Mm -hmm. how they feel their gender is today versus how it is tomorrow. Right, and. It's really, it's cool. Like I said, this movie, I think, is still ahead of its time in a lot of it ways. And just how it presents a lot of the complicated gender issues exactly. that we deal with. That's something I want to bring up is that while this definitely is an LGBTQIA, you know, mm-hmm. film. Yeah. I think it would be just as freeing, as insightful, and as wonderful for... People not in the LGBTQIA oh, community. Oh, 100%. And I would recommend everyone seeing it. It's not, it's not a gay film. It's a great film. From a drag standpoint, drag back then wasn't very accepted. And in fact, it no, was No, it was very... real subculture. I mean, you go back to, I don't know a lot about, a whole lot about drag history. Me I mean, I've seen things either. like Paris is Burning and whatnot. But back as far as like the early 70s, it was seen as kind of like a trashy thing, mm-hmm. you know. Which, Cover your children's eyes. Right, exactly. How dare they see this? <laughs> it's very pop More culture means, now. It is. Yeah. I mean, because of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. it got pushed into the primetime world. Yeah, absolutely. I think is great. I, I do believe that um, a lot of queer culture then got stolen because of it. Like, yeah. you know, um, the lip syncs and stuff like that. That mm. was definitely a part of queer culture before... It became mainstream culture. I mean, I'm glad that sure. mm-hmm. it's there, I guess. But, you know. Yeah. I totally agree. It's interesting to see how we've evolved in just 15 years. Because this movie's not that old. It came out in 2001. No, it's not. And yeah. the 90s were a bad time. Yeah. Now, do you know the story about when John Cameron Mitchell went on David Letterman to perform? I want to say it was um, Midnight Radio. That, do you know the story about this? No, but Midnight Radio is oh, my second favorite song. It's, that's actually, Midnight Radio is actually my number one. Origin of Love is number two, and it's real, real close. And Wicked Little Town is number three, but we'll get into that. Okay, uh, we basically have the same list. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to because they're such amazing songs. They really they're are. They're such amazing songs. John Cameron Mitchell and the Angry Inch Band went on David Letterman to perform. I think I, I want to say it was Midnight Radio. And at the end of the song, um, he was going to remove his wig and hold it up in the air. And the producers told him he couldn't do that. Why? That's what that exactly what he said. Why? And they kind of gave him some bullshit answer. So when they started filming, he did it. Head hair is that's, such a tragedy. That's what it is. So John Cameron Mitchell did it anyway when they filmed it. And then when they put it on the air, they edited it out. They edited it out. What a bunch of little bitches. Yeah. How is it that shocking for somebody to do that? You know, it's just, <laughs> just the progress we've made in 15 years is unbelievable. Did you notice there was a recurring metaphor throughout the movies of tomatoes? Throughout the movies. Throughout I, the movie I of tomatoes. I wanted to bring that up. Like one of the last scenes where she or they take off the wig and they take mm-hmm. off all their clothes and then and the, the br- underneath the brazier he where where <laughs> tomatoes and they just take squeeze them and squeeze them. them and rub them all over them. And so to backtrack a little bit, during one of Hedwig's first performances, mm-hmm. they would throw tomatoes at Hedwig and the band. And it was just like a recurring thing of something to be feared. When Hedwig finally um, reaches the pinnacle of stardom, they freak out. They take off their wig. They take everything off. They rip off their clothes, rip the dress in half, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't too hard to do because it was made out of bubble wrap. But still. <laughs> Ripped it in half. Took, Makeshift spanks. Yeah. Took off the bra and underneath it were two tomatoes and they 
they smashed them on themselves, which was the ultimate, like, finally owning themselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there's different scenes of how do we peeling tomatoes and eating, eating, them, eating yeah. them. And they and, and there's a scene where somebody says, oh, they were throwing tomatoes at you. And Hedwig's response was, yep, and they had a delicious salad. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I loved that line. Yep. It was so good. And I think it also started with um, Hedwig's mother, who's, mm-hmm. which is where Hedwig got the name from. Um, yeah. They took their mother's identity. And one of the opening scenes when they're together, you see them boiling tomatoes mm-hmm. and peeling them. That's together. right. So, so there's it a, goes well, all the way back to childhood. Yeah, there's so many uh, unbelievable layers to this movie. The more times you watch it, the more you see, the better it gets. I'm sure there's like little oh. details and little nuances. Yeah all peppered throughout the whole movie it's so great let's also talk about one of my favorite characters who's not in the movie that much but was hilarious is andrea martin plays hedwig's manager she's such a crazy bitch i love it it was so funny she was so pissed when they ordered that pizza yeah (laughs) but that's what um they finally so throughout the entire thing they're shadowing tommy's tour and following him while doing the lawsuit and that's right. The, I forgot there was a yeah. lawsuit. That's right. And on the for very, the for the rights of the songs that he stole from exactly. Yeah. And they were all holding out for New York City, which is where the 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 aha was supposed to mm-hmm. be. And they finally got there, and someone ordered pizza, and then like it just fell to shit. Mm-hmm. And it like it was so bad that the band broke up, and she became or they became a streetwalker. Back in the day, that was the only job that transgender people could get. No one would hire transgender people. No, yeah. People still have trouble hiring sure. transgender people. They are doing sex work, and then Tommy comes up in the limo. That might That's have been the, the piece that I, that yeah. I didn't particularly buy. Yeah. Um, it seemed very far-fetched. Yeah, and then they, yeah. they got into the limo together, and they ended up consoling, mm-hmm. or I don't know what a better word would be. They ended up like rectifying their relationship. Rectifying, yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool. And then they got into a car accident. Yeah, because they were distracting each other because they were kind of getting a little, you know, hanky-panky. And then Hedwig drove the car into a... We don't really know what it is. Like I think it may be like a semi or something. And then that's when the paparazzi saw them, took all those pictures, and then they realized, oh, they did know each other and all this other stuff. So Hedwig got all the... Scandal! Yeah, Hedwig got all the publicity that they needed yep. and wanted and stuff. So they became the head honcho of, mm-hmm. you know, the music world and yeah. everything was amazing. And then there was that fall from grace with the tomato yeah. scene we mentioned. But so the interesting thing about that is when I was watching it, I was thinking that during that car crash, maybe it was worse than what they entailed. And that hmm. th- from then on, it was all in Hedwig's head. That's very possible. Yeah. Because that's where the movie really takes a kind of a left turn and gets pretty abstract. It does. Um, I mean, definitely the very last scene when they're all in white, I think, mm-hmm. that, and Midnight Radio is playing, I think that was a dream sequence. Eclipse. Yeah. Or in yeah, the head. Yeah, it could absolutely be interpreted that way, too. Yeah. Um, but it makes me think that maybe um, because we only hear from Hedwig's perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. And as we know, you know, that's a very biased narrative. Right. So He's, Hedwig is a very unreliable narrator in pretty much every sense of the word. Exactly. We had mentioned Tommy might not have even have been a real person. Exactly. Because if you go to that final scene, which we know is extremely abstract, everyone's mm-hmm. in white. Hedwig, they look 
the same haircut, same everything yeah. as Tommy, and they sing Midnight Radio, and yeah. they pass the wig off to Yitzhak. The cool thing about that is that um, Hedwig found the other half, the other gender within themselves. Mm-hmm the male half was Tommy and that once they were able to consolidate the, um, the idea that um, you can be gender fluid and all that other stuff, they were able to take bolts. You they were know, able to side. coexist yes. basically. Yeah. As one piece again, mm-hmm. you also saw through um, Yitzhak. Mm-hmm. Yitzhak was also one of those um, children with two halves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to be able to see that, you know, it's not, too much of an isolated thing and that you know both of them were able to rec- reconcile both both sides of their mm-hmm. being into one singular entity it's amazing isn't yeah. it it's just so this movie's so ripe with ripe with so much meaning and so much depth i wasn't expecting that i honestly yeah. i was i thought it would just be like a campy like kind of like yeah like it can't be gay little romp like look we're gonna be rock stars so you thought it was yeah. gay you thought it was gonna be gay I, well, yeah, a gay I figured, movie <laughs> sure yeah uh, yeah but i didn't think it was gonna be a gay movie <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was gonna be a gay movie but it ended up being a gay a movie gay movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did not think it was gonna be as cerebral as it ended up being yeah oh yeah. i love that about it i'm kind of wondering when you saw it when you were a teenager yeah what kind of impact did Hedwig's identity have on you personally like did it did it resonate with you with any kind of feelings that you may have been having or or was it like an outlet for you or it was definitely an outlet um because when I was a teenager I wasn't out as a queer kid and stuff Mm -hmm. I was kind of the opposite and (laughs) it was just awful you know I would watch it with friends and stuff and be like oh so what did you think of it yeah kind of get a Rorschach test of all your friends to see how they'd react to when you so you like gay shit huh (laughs) (laughs) and then you know I'd be like it was okay I just bought it, you know, just because, and I can't return it. Dismiss it, yeah. Yeah. Five dollars in the Walmart bin. It's all right. It's an okay movie. I just, you know, spent a lot of money and looked for it on eBay, and you know, thought it was a really great movie of all time. But yeah, it was okay. But on the inside, I was like, this movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, it speaks to me on so many levels, like philosophically, emotionally, every which way. Am I gay now? What is happening? But when I was younger, I would like push back on all that stuff. I'd be like, yeah. it's okay. So let's talk about the music. The music is by Stephen Trask, whose only credit really that's noteworthy probably is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And he was nominated for a Grammy for this movie. And um, he's done a lot of musicals. He's um, worked on a ton of films. Some of his credits include Camp and Meet the Parents and The Savages. Um, but this is really the one thing that he's going to be probably mostly remembered for doing. It's just beautiful. It's a lot of rock, a lot of punk, punk metal. I loved all the punk influences in it. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. And it wasn't like straight up punk punk. It wasn't like, you know, um, Black Flag or Minor Threat punk. Yeah. yeah. It was like the Ramones punk. It was very melodic punk. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. When we do rock and roll high school, that's I've, what we'll talk about. I love that. I have it on DVD. Do you? <laughs> Well, I have to. Do, we'll have to do that one sometime. It's such a shitty movie. I love it. <laughs> what is the essence of punk rock? You tell me. Mm. So what was going on was um, during that time period, bands like Genesis and stuff were very um, classically based, right? Yeah, very particular, like you know about how they played and stuff like that. Punk was the idea of 
let's just play as fast as we can, as hard as we can, and give zero fucks. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to keep that in mind, the zero fucks. Because <laughs> that was the whole thing. They didn't give a shit about getting signed. Yeah. They created their their entire community. Mm-hmm. It was all completely DIY because no one, not a single record label, would give a shit about them for the longest time. So they created their own record labels. Yeah. And a lot of those record labels are still out there today. Oh, yeah, Sire. Amazing. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the music. Let's get back to the music. Um, so we talked about the origin of love and how amazing it is oh, and how so perfect good. it is. Folks roam the earth like big rolling kegs. They had two sets of arms. They had two sets of legs. They had two faces peering out of one giant head so they could watch all around them as they talked while they read and they never knew nothing or love. It was before um, the origin of love. I could just read the, the lyrics as a poetry, you know. You really got Yeah. Oh my god. Um and it technically was because mm-hmm. Plato. <laughs> yeah, everything was written as an epic, right? Yeah. Yep. The angry inch song about his gender identity and how it came to be. Yes. I thought that was kind of a banger. I do not like the song itself, but oh, I don't? liked I liked the scene. I'm from the land where you still hear the cries. I have to get out at the seven or ties. I like yeah. the song. I think it's fun. I think it's, it's raucous. You can just taste the venom in his mouth as he sings oh, those yeah. words, you know. Wicked Little Town is beautiful. Oh, I really love so that song. <laughs> I love it so much. It, I like beautiful. sing it to myself. Hurricanes and rain black and cloudy skies I love the how um, they introduce the song and they're like, we're talking to Phil Collins's people. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, and then they go into Wig in a Box, which is fun. It's a fun little whimsical, light yeah. as a feather kind of thing with the sing-along moment. and um, Very Beatle-esque. It's funny because that song is, is very, it's very lighthearted, but there is actually, I think there's kind of an underlying melancholy to it. Because I think John Cameron Mitchell, I love his, his voice is so raw. It celebrates camp in kind of a special way that yes. that a lot of other songs I haven't heard are able to do. Mm-hmm. And it has like the, like the melancholy of trying to gain that kind of acceptance. And yeah. this is who we really and are. Losing yeah. part of your identity to mm-hmm. gain a new one. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I look up from over mouth on the rocks. A gift wrapped wig spit in the box. Of towering velveteen. I put on some makeup. Some light on I'm pulling the wig down from the shelf. Suddenly I'm Miss Beehive 1963 Until I wake up And I turn back to myself Midnight Radio was nice. this Absolutely best. breathtaking It's so good mm-hmm. Name drops a lot of female rockers in that one mm-hmm. Like uh, Nico, Yoko Ono And uh, who are some other ones at? I don't remember there. offhand. Um, Joan Jett. It's awesome. No, you're so like your blood knows the way from your heart to your brain. Knows that you're in your shine. Transmission on the midnight radio. Exquisite Corpse is another one that just slays. What a great song that is. And it gives Yitzhak a chance to kind of shine a little bit too. It's amazing. But Sugar Daddy, oh. the country song. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Either. You didn't like that? That one's okay. They redid it for the for the recent Broadway show as more of a rock number. I've got a sweet tooth, licorice drops and jelly rolls. Hey, Sugar Daddy, Hansel needs some sugar in his bowl. I'll lay out fine shine on the linen that goes through the soundtrack i i um i would like to see it on stage at some point yeah, i think it would be I really think be so good. amazing and you can it's a kind of show where you can you can put on almost anywhere you could put it on in somebody's house you could put it on in, in, in a club or a bar or a the movie is however rated r so it's not, very rated so r. not not at a, a school <laughs> i don't think no high schoolers will ever be doing this as a musical no. choice no it's a definitely a, a, a 17 plus musical yeah <laughs> for Which sure awesome to see yes so any any final thoughts about hedwig and the angry inch yeah, it was okay, I guess. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. See it at your own risk. I don't know. Don't see it if you're transphobic or homophobic. I don't know. I thought it was a little gay. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> but little bit. overall, it's honestly one of my favorite um, musicals of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's so well done. The movie is just phenomenal. The way that it shot everything. About the direction it. is so excellent. It, like I wish John Cameron Mitchell would would direct more. He did direct a couple other. He movies. directed like two other movies, and mm-hmm. from what I remember, they weren't okay. So he directed Rabbit Hole, which I saw with Nicole Kidman. That was okay. That was, was that? pretty good. I yeah, yeah. I saw it. the play and I saw the movie of that. And it's about a family who. Um, whose son gets killed um, in a car accident. Is he a playwriter then overall? He, I don't think he wrote it. He wrote the script for Hedwig. I would love to see him direct more movies like this because it's so well, so well done, so well mm-hmm. edited, so well crafted, and so just so full of meaning in life and joy. So if you're listening, get your shit together and <laughs> make another movie. No, this is just a fantastic, fantastic musical, and it's just phenomenal. Um it's great for people that love music, people that love gay shit. It's good for, you know, almost anyone that's over the age of, you know, middle school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a great thing to see. Um, I do feel that people that are, aren't as well informed will see Hedwig as a trans woman and thereby assume that that's like... At the end, when they go back to a more masculine identity, that could be someone being like, oh, see, they it's just a phase for them or something. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, they're just doing it want, to get something. It could be dangerous if you if you reinforce that stereotype. Yeah. You know, the, the movie could be dangerous if you don't like know anything about queer stuff and you mm-hmm. just assume that this is a trans person doing trans things and it's just you know yeah. a ruse to mm-hmm. get into the women's bathroom right. or some bullshit right. like that <laughs> right right that doesn't exist mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it could be used as a learning tool for a lot of people who may not know and yeah. this is like this isn't what trans looks like but there's a lot of themes here that correlate to what being a trans person is all about yes and i think that's fundamentally important for everyone because regardless of whether or not you're cis or trans or non-binary or whatever you are i think you know it's important to break out of those gender roles and Mm -hmm. to you know commit you know gender anarchy in the streets and you know guys go out there wear them dresses girls you know go out there and get paid the same (laughs) (laughs) we're getting there yeah, at least, hey, they're not keeping us out of the voting booths as hard <laughs> as they were before. Um, right. There's been some stuff going on recently um, politically that have been keeping certain groups out mm-hmm. of the political realm. And I'm glad that there's fight back against mm-hmm. that, you know, because who doesn't love the right to vote? All right. All right. So we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to do a new feature called mailbox time mail oh. time um here's the mail it <laughs> never, never fails, fails. It, it makes me want to wag my tail every time i no, i mixed up the words every time when I it comes i want to whale mail 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 yeah so it's mail time i've been getting some emails from awesome people who listen to the podcast and they're like this is garbage why why aren't you taking basically, off the air basically, i am so offended i'm in charge of if, whether it gets on the air or not so Gigi, as you know, is the creator of the theme song. That is the rumor. Yes, that's the rumor. And so I'm presenting you this email with fear of offending you. And it's not feedback about the theme song. But I did get, I got an email. I will fight them. 
I got an email from an awesome guy named Greg Chai Dester. I hope I said your name right. And um, he wrote that he really loved our pilot episode. He loved um, our Yell Submarine episode. Obviously. He found it very entertaining. And we were kind of waffling about theme songs at that mm-hmm. point. He made a theme song oh, for the cute. show. Oh, I like that. Yeah. This is what he wrote. He said, I made a theme song for you. And it says, feel free to drag it straight to the trash. I'm not doing that, Greg. Trust me. He needed to brush up his garage band skills for an upcoming project. And he used our show to do it, Aww, which good. is super awesome. He said our current theme song is great, but he wanted to do something that incorporated clips from actual movies. Um, so what he said, his song is just a simple chord riff progression with bass, garage band drums, and a Sith pad. Then he overdubbed audio from the following films. He did School of Rock, um, The Wall, That Thing You Do, Purple Rain, Quadrophenia, Headwake, and um, Spinal Tap. So what I want to do is I actually want to play it, and then I'll, I'll kind of see what you think. Yeah. Well, you want to get rid of me? Why, because I'm old? Money gets back. I'm all right, Jack. Keep your hands off my stack. Absolute rubbish, laddie. Let's have some asses wiggling. I want some perfection. <laughs> the Wonders. Got it. Looks like Theo Needers. After my divorce, I scraped by with babysitting gigs and odd jobs. Mostly the jobs we call blow. <laughs> Pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the band. It may perhaps discourage you, unless of your kidney or infected with this vicious virus, that you'll be ordered to pay a fine of seventy-five pounds. I'll pay now, if you don't mind. Just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder. These guys are eleven. That was so cute. Yeah, it's super rad, isn't it? It is. It's really cute. Yeah. So I was wondering if, if with your blessing, mm-hmm. if I may make that the official movies that rock. Oh yeah, go for it. Song. Are you cool yeah. with that? Oh, okay. Here, just so you guys know, Gigi's face like lit up so like joyfully. Not not because I'm graduating her theme song to the next level of next you know. Level. But <laughs> but no, we we actually we really really love the song, Greg, and we're gonna make it our official theme song. And um, I'm going to just kind of cut it down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, make it probably like a nice 30 seconds, and, and that'll start off our, our show from now on. And I just want to thank Greg, because Greg has sent me an amazing, thoughtful email for every episode that I've done so oh, far. Oh, really? And he's Aww. really, yeah, he's been so supportive of this whole project. I don't even do that. <laughs> I I ignore every podcast that doesn't involve me. She does. So so thank you for your for your continued support and again if anybody has wants to send me an email at any point the podcast email is movies at rockpod at gmail.com um, i'm always available to answer any questions or to take suggestions also it would mean the world to me if you took a minute to review the podcast on itunes that can help people find the show and branch out a little bit more and please don't be afraid to be honest and give us your criticism so i can make the show better Gigi, how can people follow you oh they can't <laughs> try to keep up bitches um so um, I get got rid of most, actually mostly all of my social media except for Instagram. So you can find me on there by typing in Gigi Tadaro, but it would be J-I-J-I because mm. I wrote it in Japanese because okay. I'm pretentious like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like extremely pretentious. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. Or um, you... 
or even more pretentious is my screen name, which is Princess Jellyfish. Oh, we've been over this before. Jellyfish is spelled very differently. Princess Jellyfish. Princess is normal. Jellyfish is G-I-Y-L-A-E-G-H-O-T-I. Jellyfish. Princess Jellyfish. That's G-J. And don't forget about our Instagram account, too. We've been live streaming, so that's been awesome and fun. Yeah, Instagram's yes. such a cool tool. Instagram it, damn it. It's the only one you need. Yes. Sponsor us. Indeed. Instagram is great. Sponsor us. <laughs> that would be, you know, how amazing it would be if a social media venue sponsored this little podcast outside of buffalo new york yeah almost as good as a delicious coke Mm, (laughs) taste that coke oh my god i have a crystal pepsi in my refrigerator (laughs) (laughs) because i know you wanted to try (laughs) i know you went on a huge hunt for crystal pepsi i did because you know 90s yeah it's not bad it's a little flavorless but it's all right yep so is my humor right Thank you so much, Gigi. This has been wonderful. Yeah, I always no, love having fun. you come over and do I, this. I like, I, I really enjoy this. It's fun. I hope so, and that you're not just putting me on. <sighs> you know, since you bring it up. <laughs> so the next movie that I want to do with you, Gigi, if yeah. you still want to do another one of these. <sighs> yeah. I really want to do Hated. <laughs> <laughs> your, your reaction was so perfect. Is that bad? Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> For those who don't know, that is the Gigi <laughs> Allen documentary. Which is where I got my name from. Gigi <laughs> Allen was my father. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ Allen. <laughs> I will I agree to do this movie. Um I do I will say and I will restate it for the actual episode, I do not condone and support any of Gigi Allen's actions, but I find them to be interesting like the way that you find a serial killer or math interesting i mean you don't have to do that movie no 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 no. it's that'll be a good one um (laughs) that that's definitely old stomping grounds for me yeah Um, for sure we should watch it together let's theater 3000 or what what is it mst3k yeah Yeah. so thanks again Gigi. thank you for having me and enjoy everyone yes (laughs) thanks for listening everybody bye Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down. I was born on the other side of a town rich in two. I made it over the Great Divide. Well, now I'm coming for you. Yeah.